The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. We are looking for a regular human black bill. Do you believe in the resurrection? Welcome to the Freeland Gazette, the unofficial Black Lightning podcast, a poppychuloradio.com original series, Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, December 5th, 2018, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of the CW series, Black Lightning. Please welcome my co-hosts, Dimitri Wejasinger. What's good, Freeland? And Professor X. Hello, hello. Let's get into it. Let's jump into our recap of Season 2, Episode 8, which was titled The Book of Rebellion, Chapter 1, Exodus, and aired December 4th, 2018. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. The Pierce family is reeling in the wake of Jennifer's disappearance. Jefferson, Lynn, and Anissa all gather to discuss the most effective way to find her. After learning that Jennifer is with Khalil, Lynn goes to Detective Henderson to ask him to issue a warrant for Khalil's arrest. Meanwhile, Jennifer and Khalil are doing their best to stay off the grid, but Tobias's new henchwoman, Cutter, is closing in on them. Let's check in on the ratings for Season 2, Episode 8. Black Lightning was viewed by 990,000 total viewers with a point three in the demo. It was steady. So I want to get everyone's initial reaction to the episode. Uh, the line in the press release that was a little weird is that apparently Lynn demanded an arrest warrant. Um, Wait, that's not true. That is not true. Uh, so who, whomever wrote the official, this is the official from the CW press release, uh, they, misunderstood. They that one. Yeah, they misunderstood that Henderson had already put out an APB on Khalil, and she was just asking for a missing persons uh report type of thing on Jennifer. So that was interesting. It made it made it sound like Lynn was extra badass. Have his fake red ass arrested for walking off with my daughter. I know. Nah, right? That's that's not how the law works. That's no. amazing. So uh Dimitri, since you are talking, what's your initial reaction to the Book of Rebellion, chapter one, Exodus? Um, great episode yet again from Black Lightning. I love that it was called the Book of Rebellion because obviously uh, it looks like these episodes are going to be dealing with Jen's arc and sort of the fallout from that. Um, already we see that Khalil once again ain't shit. He almost uh, causes a firefight which could have easily injured Jen. Uh, Would have been taken out if not for Jen's untimely or, or timely action rather. Uh, but still putting them both very much in harm's way because he says they need money. 
Um, it's uh, it was interesting to see the different families uh, reunited with Gamby. We saw Lynn, who was, uh, you know, very affectionate, very pleased to see him again. We saw Anissa, who was a hundred and fifty percent shade, um, just glaring at him the whole time. It was like I've almost felt bad for him, but also like. I love that the episode made us feel what they went through, but her shade the whole time, I was like, damn, not even a hug the whole episode. Wow. Um, Jen and Khalil ain't shit. They managed to get themselves almost assassinated multiple times. They are only still alive because Black Lightning and Thunder came to rescue them. And right when they intervene and they're saved by Jen's family, they peace out once again. Jen, fly, uh, Jen fries Gamby's drone. They are some ungrateful motherfuckers. And once again, Khalil ain't shit. But good episode. Well, that's all, folks. Uh, Dimitri just went through the entire episode. <laughs> we'll be back Alex, next that's week. Two, that's two episode re- uh, recaps. <laughs> I know. That was fantastic. My, Professor, if there's anything left, <laughs> your initial reaction to the episode. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Okay. <laughs> Short and simple. See, see, Dimitri, that's a reaction, not a recap. They both start with re, but oh aside from that, they're they're quite different. Uh, fantastic shade, just like Anissa. You learned well in the in watching the episode, <laughs> <laughs> Professor. Okay, and uh, I, I loved it. I thought it was a return to form, especially after our little detour into South Freeland uh, for the past couple of episodes. This was Black Lightning. As uh, the little uh, opening theme said, Black Lightning is back. Uh, so, uh, yeah, great episode. So, before we get into a thorough recap, although some of us already did, of the latest episode of Black Lightning, here's our announcer with a few special announcements. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows. Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. You will also be able to click a link to either take you to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts, visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This is a Poppy Chula Radio special announcement. PoppyChuloRadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash PoppyChuloRadio and help us with our campaign. 
every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks, announcer. So, okay. This episode was one storyline, pretty much straight through. I mean, you can kind of say that some of the Tobias stuff um, was uh, its own kind of thing, but it really did, uh, uh, it was to the benefit of the larger storyline arc of the episode. So, uh, instead of going, you know, uh, from A to B to Z uh, throughout the episode, I I am going to break it up into different little sections because I found some of the... uh, character interactions to be really um, fascinating and and that'll lead us into a discussion of um, the overall arc of the storyline so uh, Dimitri uh, sort of really went into it but I did want to discuss uh, Anissa and Gamby so at the start of the episode uh, the rest of the family well the rest of the family that's there uh, realizes that Gamby is alive. Uh, Lynn does have a moment with him, which was uh, really nice, but uh, the main focus of the episode is Anissa's reaction to Gamby. And, uh, and Anissa is very cold, and Gamby is very apologetic, trying to explain what happened and, and trying to use what Anissa has been doing, you know, the secrets and that kind of stuff to um, justify why he needed to keep secrets as well. But um, Anissa wasn't sort of really having it. Uh, Professor X, what did you think of Gamby's reunion with um, at least two additional pierces? Um, uh, I really liked the uh, the reunion with Lynn. I thought, you know, Anissa is just coming off as really holier than thou. And self-righteous, both in the scene with Gamby and then later in the scene with her father. Oh, we're going to get into um, that. That's its whole. Yeah, that's a whole and, other and thing. It's, it's something that we we've talked that I've talked about that that seems to be something uh, about uh, Anissa's character this season uh, that's that's much stronger than it was last season. Um, and that could just be you know development. We've speculated that you know now that she's you know a superhero and everything like that 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 might be changing. Uh, you know, her sense of confidence uh, and how she behaves towards others. But, yeah, no, uh, I thought she uh, she definitely was uh, was being a little unfair to Gamby. I mean, the point is that he was doing what he thought was best uh, to protect their family. And uh, if she doesn't agree with that, that doesn't mean that she's right. And uh, so I thought that, uh, yeah, and it, it, it really was contrasted with, you know, the way that Lynn just basically accepted him back and hugged him um, and, and even Jefferson. Uh, uh, and, you know, wasn't as negative towards him uh, as Anissa was. Uh, even though, as Anissa pointed out at the end of the scene, she realized that Gamby had been watching out for her uh, in the forest. So, um, you know, it, it just felt, uh, yeah, uh, like she was being quite unfair to Gamby. I agree with a bit with what you're saying. And, and uh, first off, let me just say, uh, no one can be as amazing as Lynn. Uh, I mean, that's just uh, hashtag facts. But, uh, I, Hashtag sad face. I know she's such she's so good with the sad face. Um, no, they're overdoing it, especially oh. in this episode. I'm so tired of it. Well, come on, her daughter is. Uh, Bruh. Yes, 
And if they hadn't had her doing sad things oh, okay. in every damn episode this season, it would have a lot more impact now. But then when we go into a whole scene which is basically just Lynn in sad face, it's just, oh my god, it's it's so much that you just keep hitting that same button over and over. Aww. She we'll, gets hit we'll with a lot of that. sads, okay? Yeah, poor Lynn. But um, I, I, I would say I'm kind of in the middle of you and, and Dimitri, I feel. Um, I, I thought it was appropriate. I did feel it was a bit much, her reaction to it. I wish that the scene would have ended with her hugging him, like after they sort of got it out. Uh, because it just, um, it, it did seem a little bit, uh, holier than thou, um, her reaction to it. Um, but, uh, but I did like that they sort of talked about it. Uh, I would have liked them to have a little bit more closure with it, as opposed to maybe dragging the, um, the issue out a little bit more. I don't know, maybe the, um, what was that? The ATV that, um, that he gave her, maybe that sort of, uh, uh, we'll warm her up to him again. Uh, but uh, going into the scene that, that you were referencing, Professor X, I want to get Dimitri's take on it. Uh, so uh, there is a very heated moment between Anissa and Jefferson in the episode. A couple of episodes ago, you all, and Rohan isn't here, so I can't even pick on him, but the three of you were judging me by saying that I didn't feel that the Anissa and Jefferson thing was over. I felt like, I was like, I said something to the gist of that it isn't over, that it will continue on at some point. And sure, we did have a couple of cool episodes where they didn't really reference it, but here it came back. And I had the feeling that Anissa was still holding on to some sort of resentment towards what, uh, Jefferson did and, and um, his decisions and it came up in this one and uh, while I will agree with some of her points in regards to keeping Jennifer as a prisoner um, I, I do feel like a lot of it was about her still um, and uh, I thought that discussion was interesting and it, it sort of um, reminded me of the unpleasantness that they were experiencing uh, before the Book of Blood. Dimitri, what did you think of um, that sequence uh, with uh, Jennifer and Anissa? And Anissa basically is telling... Uh, well, it's it starts off with Anissa interpreting that Jefferson was saying that it was her fault for not uh, telling them that she was in communication yeah. with Khalil. But then it just flipped over its head and it turned into Anissa basically saying, no, it's your fault. You drove her away. You drove me away. And... Uh, she didn't say it like this, but basically that's what you get, just, or something just, like that. Just like you drove, drove me away, is I think what yeah. she said. Um, yeah, actually, I wanted to make one point about Gamby and Anissa's treatment of him uh, before before we move on to her treatment of Jefferson, if that's cool. You may. Yeah, uh, Lynn is right away hugs Gamby the quickest to, you know, all is forgiven. Uh, back to you know just being glad he's alive. Part of that is I think she has potentially just lost the daughter. But part of that, I think we're not recognizing Lynn possibly cares the least about Gamby and the family. He's essentially a father figure to Jeff, which means he's been slightly a grandfather figure to the two girls. I mean, we see that they're both very distraught when they believe he's dead. So, I mean, Anissa probably took that a lot harder than Lynn did. It's not just that she was like, oh, how dare you keep a secret from me? I do think she is hypocritical in that regard. But it's also just resenting the amount of pain caused. It was probably harder for her, someone who's been 
a mentor, a paternal figure her entire life than for Lin, who he's sort of been like the father-in-law. That's not as tight a relationship. Um, so I, I do I do sort of sympathize with this in that regard. I feel like the closer you were to Gamby, the the harder you react to his uh, to his non-death, if you will. Uh, with regard to her her treatment of Jeff, I think it's a case of both both sides are wrong. To some degree, I think she lashed out because she feels bad. She like she. I think she recognizes that if she had mentioned Khalil earlier, maybe more could have been done. But I think she also has a very difficult balance to strike in that Jennifer is not her totally baby sister, right? Like sh- they're girls, you know, they're, they're friends. And Jennifer consequently uh, confides things in Anissa that she won't confide in her parents. And to some degree, it is helpful to have that figure who's closer to an adult, but who's also close enough to remembering what it was like to be a kid that, you know, she'll give you a little more leeway, cover for you sometimes. And I think Anissa definitely doesn't want to alienate that relationship, um, partially because Jen already feels so isolated, and partially because, you know, they're tight. I don't think she wants to break that bond. So she had a tough call to make. I honestly, uh, I, I can see the hesitation. Honestly, I would have ratted her out because Khalil is trash, but I can see why she felt conflicted about it. So when she went so hard on Jeff, yes, I did think it was hypocritical. I do think it was largely because, like, he wasn't even being that accusatory. But I think it landed accusatory because she already slightly blames herself for the for the uh, not telling that Khalil was involved earlier on. Okay, that's an interesting take on things. Uh, Professor X, what about you? Since you referenced it a little bit, was there anything else that you wanted to add in particular about um, their uh, heated confrontation? Uh, no, I think Dimitri's right on. I think both characters feel a sense of guilt, and both of them are lashing out at the other because of that. So, you know, I think Jefferson realizes on some level that, you know, uh, that if his daughter has run away, it's got to be on some level his fault. So he's, you know, basically trying to pass the blame off to Anissa, who's saying, no, it's your fault, even though she realizes that, you know, maybe she should have said something. Although that said, if she had ratted her sister out to her parents, I don't think it would have changed anything. Um, and it just would have, you know, broken the uh, the bond of trust that she has uh, with Jennifer. And let's face it, when Jennifer was allowed her phone call, who did she call? Anissa. That is true. Great Thanks. points made all around. I like it. So uh, we'll get into Professor X's favorite moment. Um, very, very, not even just sad Lynn, but like devastated Lynn. I mean, she gets a moment to really emote break down um she gets angry she starts throwing clothes and she has to get consoled by uh, jefferson and that was pretty much lynn's big moment in this episode at least in this uh i'm, I'm going to assume this could be either a two or three episode storyline arc uh but uh but she got a powerful moment uh for herself um the, the professor well, let's go with Dimitri first, because the professor seems to be very sad by sad <laughs> Lynn. So, Dimitri, what did you think of Lynn and her emoting, in particular in that really powerful scene? I think, um, to some degree, I felt it was like a slight sign of the times that sort of played out really bitterly. I think she thought, 
like she had a moment of hope where she thought there might be a clue in Jen's room. And that's why she started rummaging through before realizing that probably all of the clues to her location are on her phone because it's 2018 and not 1958. But like, um, it, I, I think that's what sort of caused her to break down. And, um, I, uh, I do believe that, you know, it, it wasn't so much like she was just lashing out as there was this brief second where like she thought, you know, she she had something. She thought, you know, she uh, she maybe could find a way to to find Jen and then getting into a room, realizing, no, that's not going to be the case really sort of set her over the edge. I don't think there's too much more to be gleaned from this. It's not a huge introspection into her character. She's a mother who's fearful for her daughter's life, and that's, I think, very understandable. But beautifully acted by Christine Adams. Professor X, what Absolutely. did you... Yeah, Professor X, what did you think of, um, of, of Lynn's moment of uh, desperation and uh, emotion? Um, I mean, it was earned. I think Dimitri's right, the idea that you would go to your teenage daughter's... Uh you know, room in 2018 and expect to find something written down that is the clue. No, he's right. It would be on her phone if it's anywhere uh, or maybe in her browser history. So, um, you know, that that's, you know, a definitely uh, an angle there. And, and she certainly had, you know, uh, uh, a reason for the meltdown. But as I say, I'm just they've been doing so much resting sad face for Lynn all season long. It's It's just kind of leaving me cold. And I said when I was telling you guys that I'd seen this, you know, now that I've seen it, I can't unsee it. And every time they put her in those scenes and every time they're doing that, you know, long, you know, panning shots into the sad Lynn face. Um, I did think at the uh, beginning of the shot, uh, the, <laughs> the beginning of the shot of her in the kitchen as she was sitting there, you know, draining the glass, I thought, oh, she's sitting there drinking white wine. What a cliche. Nope, it was bourbon. So, uh, yeah, she was well beyond the uh, the white wine grieving stage at that point. Um, one thing that I thought was kind of odd, and and I'm pretty sure I didn't miss this is that uh, after Jen, and again, this is the sort of thing that could have happened off camera, but they they definitely never addressed it. So Jennifer called Anissa. Uh, Anissa has Gamby trying to trace the call uh, because, uh, and Jefferson uh, is there standing by her. They never actually called Lynn to tell her that Jen had checked in. That is true. Maybe so because as far of time. As Lynn, maybe because Lynn was asleep and they didn't want to wake her up because she'd be in an alcoholic case or something. But they, 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 like just an one little case. scene of you know, Lynn, it's Jeff. She's okay. We're going to go find her. But nothing. Poor Lynn. They're making her even more No sad. wonder she has sad face all the time. Because they don't tell her anything. I, it is, to be fair, it is sort of the sort of thing that could have happened off camera. Um I do think, like, I mean, she found out that Gamby was still alive off camera. So, like, uh, I do think it's sort of just time. They didn't want to they want to waste on camera just, oh, she's okay? Oh, wait, you still don't have her? And then we get crying Lynn again. Like, Aww. we, we I don't know, If they like, spend that much time on her emotional breakdown, you'd want to have some sort of, you know, and think about how she could have had the positive reaction of, oh, my baby's alive. She's safe. Hooray. It would, but then we she would have had, you know, sad Lynn face, and of course we're not going to get that. So. She could have cracked like half a smile, yeah, or at least a sense of relief. That's true. Relief, of Lynn face would be nice. To. Oh right, that was weird. First, <laughs> I don't know what I meant by that. Um, oh, what a relief it is. So uh, let's see. Let's talk about Tobias. I don't want to handle. Um, 
cutter just yet, but Tobias has two scenes before we are introduced to our new character. He goes and visits Mama Payne, and uh, I, I love that he referenced once again his mama rule, that he does not kill mothers. Uh, that uh, yeah. it made me chuckle inside because he is so despicable. Uh, but I love that Mama Payne um, is a, a, a bad bitch, for lack of a better word, how she stood up to what? him. That was... Uh, I mean, I guess. Yeah, but... she was badass. I like it. Like, yeah. Yeah, bad in the good way. Yeah, obviously. bad in a good way. I, I I get it. I get it. I just I don't know. Bad bitch. I think of like the femme fatale in like a hip hop video. Well, I don't think as of far like, as like being like stay away from my boy. <laughs> well, no, she also was not scared of him, which I will include that in the bad bitch territory. So uh, so we had that moment with him and her. And then later on, we have a moment where he's talking to himself, he's playing chess, and he's talking to his sister, who's dead. There's a beautiful painting of, of her, uh, with a lot of cleavage, um, and he's talking to her, and, and the way he's talking to her, at least for him, she's responding. So, what's going on with that is... Um, is he losing a couple of marbles? I'm not saying he's losing all his marbles. Is he losing a couple of his marbles? Was that just him um, wanting a sounding board for himself, but himself being his own sounding board? Like, what did you what did you think of that sequence? I'll start with Professor X. Uh, the sequence with uh, Mama Payne and uh, with uh, Tobias uh, talking with his sister. I really like the uh, the scene with uh, Khalil's mom. Uh, I thought she came across as, you know, obviously frightened of Tobias, as any sane person would be, uh, but uh, strong. And uh, and Tobias actually called that out at the end, you know, saying she was a you know a strong woman, and how did she get such a weak ass son as uh, as Khalil? Um, it's uh, so I, I liked that scene. I liked the fact that she stood up to Tobias, uh, and I w I did have a moment of thinking to myself, is he going to kill her? Because I could totally see that happening here, uh, but he didn't, and of course that set up that uh, she was able to uh, uh, to reach out to uh, to Jefferson and Lynn. So that was uh, a nice payoff to that. Uh, the scene with the portrait, yeah, that was really interesting because they shot it in such a way that you know he seems to be playing chess with someone else and seems to be talking to someone else, and then you cut away and you realize he's just talking to the painting. Um, and at first, I just thought it's the sort of thing that people do when they're grieving. They often talk to uh, their the deceased people and stuff like that. But uh, something that happens later in the episode makes me think that, no, he does think he's hearing answers. And, uh, yeah, I wonder, A, is Tobias a little crazy, or is there something else going on here? Remember, we are in a superhero world. Uh, uh, we've seen characters raised from the dead. This may not be a raised from the dead, but could there be something going on here beyond that? I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, if it had just been the first scene, I would have just thought that, you know, this was just him talking things out, but the second scene made me think that there's more going on here. Yeah, I agree with you. I'll mention that since, uh, it really doesn't invade too far deep into the, the Cutter storyline, but when we meet Cutter, uh, he references, like, like, oh, I was just speaking to my sister about that, and she's like, isn't she dead? Uh, so that, that also, uh... It uh, perked my ears up a little bit. Uh, Dimitri, what about you? Um, since you didn't find her a bad bitch, you don't have to talk about uh, about Mama Payne. But uh, what what did you think of that scene with uh, Tori and uh, 
what's going on? Do you have any a theory as to uh, I mean, what it means? I mean, uh, Mama Mama Payne was dope, despite oh, okay. uh, despite the uh, the fact that you know she she I think I agree with the professor. She was uh, understandably frightened of Tobias, but I think she was just prepared to die for her son. Uh, I felt it was grimy. Tobias turned even a compliment into shade at the end because Tobias is the shade master. Oh, he'll always what? find a way to just, you know, completely trash Khalil, which is spectacular. Like, everyone, like, people don't even know who the hell Khalil is. Oh, but he's a bad, <laughs> bad fucker yeah. or something. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, I, one thing that was noted was he was not remotely uh, frustrated by her lack of cooperation. I thought maybe he will get pissed and maybe he will in fact kill her, but he just sort of grinned when she said that and was like, how'd you wind up with such a weak son? And the important thing to note is he never needed her because as we find out later, mm -hmm. there was a tracker in the back of Khalil's skull. He never needed her to find Khalil. He potentially needed her to find who Khalil was close to, but he didn't seem to actually need her for that. Uh, Cutter sort of told him, but we'll get into that later. That is very true. Yeah, that's a very good point. And maybe he was doing it as a power play, too. Like, Because if he could have gotten uh, Khalil's mom to rat him out, that would have severed the, the ties between Khalil and his mom and, you know, been one more uh, stroke against Khalil. Uh, in his uh, in his sort of mental battles with him, but that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that because we don't find out until considerably later in the episode uh, that he didn't need uh, the mom's help. So that was yeah, that was interesting. I agree. Any thoughts at all about the Tory painting and and uh, him talking to her? Uh, an inappropriate amount of cleavage for a sister painting. I know. That's what I, I was like. Why? Did we she don't have know the if he painted it. The the artist could have just been thirsty. Um. <laughs> When you're paying an artist, you can say a little less cleavage. That's my uh, yeah, sister. Yes, that is my sister. That, 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 that's still a weird thing to say. It's just like, how's the portrait coming? Um, Bring the neckline up a little bit. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, with the Tory thing, I am leaning towards more of a reanimation kind of thing. I, oh. The fact that he said it, or, or uh, a reanimation, like uh, the side effect of Lala's reanimation. Like oh. he saw all the people he killed. I do think it's like a very like vivid hallucination on uh, Tobias's part. We know he has some way of keeping himself young. It may be related to the reanimation project for Lala. And the way he mentioned it so matter-of-factly, um, but also wasn't phased when Cutter reminded him that Tori was dead, suggests that he knows, like, it might be a mental issue, but he knows it's happening. Like this is a reanimation thing and one of the side effects is I'll see my dead sister or something like that. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what the details are, but I am leaning towards, he wasn't just talking to her figuratively. It was a real experience for him. Okay. I can dig that as well. It was interesting. Nonetheless, uh, I don't know what they're doing with Tobias in regards to that, but I'm kind of here for it just because uh, Marvin uh, is just so awesome in, in everything that he does uh, with uh, Tobias. Yes. Uh, there is a small little subplot 
with Henderson. It really isn't much. I don't know if anyone has any, any thoughts on Henderson in this episode, but we see a little bit of him with Lynn. We see that, uh, or we learn that there is an APB out on um, Khalil. And, that uh, Lynn did not instigate. Yes, Lynn did not instigate that. And uh, he does put out a missing persons, uh, or they fill out a missing persons report on Jennifer. And there's a moment where it seems as if there's a body. And when he sh shows up, um, it clearly uh, with a huge uh, sigh of relief that it was not uh, Jennifer. He, he gets a little moment uh, to, uh, to shine. Uh, any thoughts on Henderson? Or can we move on? Was there anything that sort of... Uh was interesting in that small storyline with Henderson. It's sort of a testament to uh, to his character to some degree. That Lynn's like, look, I know you and Jeff ain't exactly cool right now. And he waves it aside like, don't even worry about that right now. I'm going to find your daughter. Um, and he genuinely cares. It's it's interesting because he, he mentions that the girls are, are like nieces to him and his wife. But also... Um, we don't see that as much as we see that with Gamby. Uh, Henderson's relationship with the Pierces is very much focused on him and Jeff. And I get that they're boys, but it's uh, this is the first we see of, like, they're not just drinking buddies. He's very cognizant that Jeff has a family. And, you know, Jeff's family is his family to some degree. And uh, Henderson just uh, just keeps being, like, a, a ride-or-die friend in this, in this show. And even though he has to take a lot of shit, so... His character, I feel like, came out of this looking really good. And I can agree with that. So, let's discuss Cutter. I, I want to talk about the fight sequences, because there were two uh, really good ones. One at the very beginning, and one at the end that includes Cutter. Uh, together, in a moment. So, I, I really just want to focus more so on Cutter in general. If you want to dip your toes a little bit into the fight sequence, it, it is fine. Um, just try not to go too deep. Uh, what are your thoughts on Cutter? Cutter's a brand new character introduced on, a uh, brand new character to the show, I should say, and uh, Cutter is also recurring. So we will be seeing more of Cutter uh, yes. at some point, more than likely in the next episode at least. Uh, what did you all think? I'll start off by saying I love that she was not afraid of Tobias. I love that there is a history between yes. them. I love that she was like, I'm not scared of your pale ass or, or whatever she said. It was a wonderful line. And I like that it didn't really phase him that, you know, he didn't make a big deal of like trying to be extra alpha around her. She was basically like, you ain't shit and uh, you don't scare me and I'm going to do things my way. Uh, I really, really like that about her. It made... Um, her already strong presence like even stronger so i really enjoyed cutter um whomever wants to go next uh thoughts on cutter okay um i thought she was amazing i thought it was very interesting that she explicitly avoided harming jen even though she didn't have to she was explicitly told to bring khalil in a lab i believe but you know yes. she could have done whatever with jen but she obviously has amazing precision and just chose to pin her to the door. So it shows sort of like Tobias has a code in, in a very bare bone sense. It seems like she also has a code. I'm very interested to see, uh, to hear more about their history, her and Tobias. It's clear that they're not scared of each other. It's clear that also she's very able. 
Um, and she actually went up on him. He says, your price has gone up. And she's like, you get what you pay for. So there's obviously he respects her and he respects her talent. Um, but he, he mentions he's stubborn. He's repeatedly chose to go with his own, you know, sort of, sort of guys and, you know, even train Khalil from the ground up rather than bring someone like Cutter around full time. So I'm, I'm curious about why that is. If she's part of the experience that led to his, uh, very anti-black sentiments, you know, maybe he did work. She said he doesn't hire black people and maybe he did work with black people more in the past um maybe there are other associates that he's now distant from that he might bring back because he's basically alienated everyone close i think this that history is is going to be interesting to hear more about i agree yeah i agree i think cutter's you know an interesting character she's uh, obviously uh you know charismatic as hell and i'm glad to find that she's recurring so she's someone we'll see more of um uh we'll talk as you said we'll talk about the fight um you know is she she must be a powered individual the way she seems to produce knives out of nowhere um so uh, that's kind of interesting and you know the fact that she recognized you know black lightning and thunder as metas indicates that she's in a world where you know she encounters metas it wasn't like oh my god what is this so again it's it's uh, it's speaking to the larger mythology of the the black lightning universe something we've speculated on before you know just how common are metas outside of freeland um so i think this is uh you know a good character to sort of you know uh, take us into a wider view of what's going on i could not agree more so let's talk about both of the fight sequences i, I felt that it would be appropriate just to talk about both of them together since uh i thought they were really good i loved the opening fight sequence where uh, khalil uh ventures into the 100 you know trying to to pull one off on them you know by claiming that he's going to be collecting uh the money that um that uh is being sent to uh, tobias a day early but they know that uh, he's basically on the run and so there's uh, a, a great uh, shootout type of fight where uh, Jennifer uses her powers once again in a very unique kind of way to uh, save Khalil and then uh, there's this fantastic fight sequence between uh, Khalil and uh, Cutter uh, initially at uh, Khalil's aunt's house, that poor house, um, where they're using everything from uh, toasters to blenders and, of course, knives everywhere. Then uh, um, our favorite uh, Meta's uh, uh, Black Lightning and Thunder arrive and they get into the mix as well. That poor house, um, so much damage. His poor auntie. I know, she got, if I'm not mistaken, she got one of his... Um, his painkiller needles. That's what knocked her out, I'm assuming? Yes. Okay. So she's alive. She'll so be I fine. Think the assumption is she's just knocked out. But that said, she was kind of left there by everyone who just, you know, fled the building <laughs> no. to go search for Khalil. And no. and everyone is just, well, just leave the lady alive. Jennifer there. put her in the living room. <laughs> so... I don't know. That was, by the way, that, that was a really was nice helpful. moment when yeah. when Jennifer, you know, uh, saw her lying there and went to try to drag her to safety. That was a really good character moment for Jennifer. Yes, right? I agree. But all the property damage. I mean, they oh yeah, they bust the woman through the damn wall. I was like, that poor house. And you know that lady. Her insurance is not going to cover all that. <laughs> that was just. Also, a, I actually did have a moment where I thought the house was going to come down, just the way they were shooting it oh, from the God. outside. I thought to myself, I can see that coming crashing down. 
but fortunately it didn't. Yes. Uh, also, I love that she didn't uh, fall for Cutter's act. Oh, that was so good. Second. <laughs> well, come on. I mean, she's got all the damn piercings and the way she's dressed. Yeah, you're the police. Uh, you're a detective. I'm like, come on. But her line about it's not Halloween. I just thought it was amazing. Yeah. Her line back was really good, too. Like, okay, we don't have to fake it. Like, here's my knife. Like, yeah. that was it was good. So, um, well, since we're all talking about it, what did you all think of both fight sequences? Uh, uh, Professor, you may go first. Uh, I thought they were both really good. Um, you know, uh, sort of a cut above, slight pun there, um, certainly in the second case. Um, the, the, the fight with the 100, I thought, was, like, really well shot and uh, and gave a sense that, you know, we've, we've gotten a sense that Khalil's powers, you know, it's not just the firing of the darts. He's obviously been enhanced. Uh, and we definitely got a sense of, of you know, uh, how good he is in a fight. And, of course, that was good because, you know, by showing him holding off all of those guys uh, in the uh, uh, in the club, even though he did need uh, Jennifer's assist uh, to get out of it, uh, it shows you that he is, you know, a fairly good fighter. So, you know, uh, for him to go up against uh, uh, when it becomes a one-on-one -on -one versus a one-on-five, it shows you just how good Cutter must be as a fighter. Um, I did like that uh, that uh, you know Jennifer was able to, uh, to come in with the save. Although, you know, you guys, uh, certain people, uh, I shouldn't say you guys, but certain people were talking about how uh, Khalil was a monster for killing that one guy, and didn't Jennifer just do exactly the same thing, she, causing a guy to fall off the roof to his death? It, it did look like she killed someone. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, and they had the classic scream. She didn't really scream, seem to react to that, did she? She did not. She. It doesn't seem like she intended it to be that way. I'm not Neither sure. Neither did Khalil, but you were all over Khalil and saying nasty he stuff about Khalil. He stopped that at the end of the ledge. Like, a little more predictable. Um, but, uh, no, it, it is interesting. I'm, I'm a little bothered by, um, and, and I guess they did uh, telegraph that, uh, you know, uh, last episode. But I'm a little bothered that Jennifer is mastering her powers so easily because it seems like, they're making her, you know, uh, an almost magical character in that she can do with her uh, electricity whatever needs to be done at the moment. And uh, I'm finding that, you know, a little annoying because, you know, the whole point of, of setting her up with the therapist was to teach her how to control her powers. And, you know, it's not like she completed that training by any stretch of the imagination. And yet now she can, you know, create globes of plasma when she wants to. She can you know, start a car, she can short out a, uh, a tracking implant. Um, it, it, I'm, I'm a little bugged by that, but that's kind of outside the, the scope of the question. So, yeah, I really like both fight scenes. I thought they were both shot really creatively. Um, I like the fact that uh, the first fight scene with the 100 took advantage of the fact that it was, you know, in the, uh, the wide expanse of the club. So they were, you know, they could move the camera around and give a really panoramic feel, whereas the, the fight scene in the kitchen was extremely close cut and uh, and gave you a a real sense of of uh, of, of how the hell is, is anyone not dead in this fight and of course let's not forget that you know uh cutter was instructed not to kill khalil so maybe she was holding back in that fight that is very true i also love a fight sequence that's choreographed uh with uh, complete knowledge of its surroundings uh, Agent Carter used to do that a lot. The television series, like, she would pick up staplers. Like, she would use her surroundings to her advantage. And I love the fact that Khalil was picking up a blender and smashing it on her head. He, he picked up the toaster. Like, I love when, um, when they use their surroundings to their advantage. I, I thought that was a really good choice by the stunt uh, 
choreographer. Uh, Dimitri, what about you? The fight sequences, what did you think? Exceptional, exceptional. I do think the, the first one came off a little unbelievable in... I felt like uh, sort of like how the professor feels about Jen in that Khalil is kind of inconsistent. He does seem to be phased by by certain things like in, in the fight scenes like um, he, he does seem to really need to take cover, you know, if he's facing gunfire or something. And yet we didn't really see him dodge too much. He was taking gunfire from all directions and he was essentially okay and wasn't really phased by it until like he really had a lot of guys on him um so yeah i we do get to see that khalil is definitely like a meta to some degree i just wish we had a more consistent idea of what his powers are what he can and can't do and like exactly how much danger he's in because initially i was like maybe he's gonna die but then i was like Oh no, he's fine. He apparently can almost fly or whatever. So it's um, it was interesting, but it was still a very entertaining fight scene. I, despite shitting on him a lot, I was genuinely worried about him. I was wondering if that was the end of him. Uh, and obviously we had Jen come in. I do feel what the professor is saying about Jen. Um, I believe in the comics she's a very like sporadic character in terms of her powers. Like they don't always work for her. She can't really control them, but. Uh, but I do believe that she could theoretically do almost anything, but she she doesn't have full command of that right now. There were there were two moments where I thought Khalil was going to die. The first was this. The second was I was wondering if she was going to inadvertently kill him trying to trying to short out the tracker. Um, I know because his brain is right there. I'm like, really, dude? Yeah, like or, you're gonna or trust whatever her? is there that he thinks with. Um, That's a brain. But uh, but yeah. Um, the fight with Cutter, I thought, was unbelievable. I um, I can't think of the last time I've seen that good a fight sequence. I love when the the main weapon isn't guns. Um, just uh, just because uh, I feel like um, it's so played out to just have a firefight. There's not a lot you can do with that other than you know he's shooting, she's shooting, you know whatever with with knives and stuff there's like there's more uh the the camera sort of followed the knives really well like she would throw a knife and then we'd immediately sort of follow it and pan to where exactly it landed which gave the fight a really dynamic quality i thought we saw a a great uh great fighting from khalil here where he was sort of uh you know uh navigating that um she's obviously going blow for blow with him I was a little surprised that she couldn't make quick work of him, given that they are obviously both metas. She is like, I guess, a professional hitman while he is, you know, sort of new to the game. But uh, but I mean, I guess they wanted to keep him alive. Uh, it did seem like he was in trouble until Black Lightning and Thunder came for them. Once again, they ain't shit because the moment they were like out of immediate danger, they dipped right away. But I guess we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> ain't shit. Ain't shit. Oh, gosh. So look at it from Khalil's point of view. This is a guy he tried to kill who shows up in, you know, a fight with this, you know, woman with knives. Running away is the smart thing to do. That he doesn't know Jefferson is Jen's father. So he just thinks, oh my god, Black Lightning showing up to even the score. I'd better get the hell out of here. Oh gosh. Um, okay, so Dimitri, you may cover your ears for this section. 
Um, because Hopefully. I know we're we're about to get into some really important stuff that uh, Dimitri hates to talk about. Let's talk about Jennifer and Khalil. So uh, they escape with their lives, with a, a whole bunch of money and that kind of thing, and they have no idea where to go next. Uh, they end up hot wiring a car, or it wasn't even hot wired. It was um, uh, Jennifer like charged it up with her. Um, electrical skills and uh they're, they're a bit sort of perplexed as to what to do next and uh and khalil does get heated and and yells at jennifer and uh it, it and turns raises into his hand i know and it turns into a it. conversation later on uh dimitri was uh keeping close eye on what was going on and it turns into a conversation later on with them where he is very apologetic <laughs> He's apologetic not just for that. He's also apologetic for blaming her for being at the um, the the protest uh, event where he got shot and uh, where he um, he he ended up becoming paralyzed. And he explained why he was upset. He was still very apologetic for it. I should also make a note. Uh, they end up, uh, or, or Jennifer ends up shaving off his dreads. Uh, there's a great line of dialogue that, that he took off. He no longer is taking the regeneration pill, so the hair isn't growing as um, as fast as it was before. There was an, also another epic line where she was like, he was like, you didn't like him? And she was like, you look like Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> like, that was just amazing. And an, an immense amount of shade in that. Disrespectful to Whoopi. <laughs> I didn't deserve <laughs> Oh, poor Whoopi. Uh, but it was amazing. And, uh, it, but they did have a really great moment together. And then uh, when they when they escape, uh, she helps him escape. He's got, uh, he was cut by Cutter. I don't know how deep the cut is. Uh, she, she ends up frying the drone. I, I guess she didn't know it was Gamby's because she still thinks Gamby's dead. Uh, but it's the Gamby drone. She fries it. And they end up hiding in some brush and that kind of stuff. And, and um, they realize that Khalil has a tracker. It's this little bump that um, she was worried for a moment that it was cancer. And uh, she does figure out how to um, how to uh, uh, fry it without frying him. But they have a great moment of connection where he's like, you know, we don't have to run. You know, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with just you. They kiss. Uh, she's like, she doesn't feel the electricity that she used to feel when um, the tracker was in there and, and engaged. But he's like, no, there's there's still electricity. So, Professor X, I know that you actually have a heart and you like to ship the proper people that should be shipped. So I know that you ship them a bit, much like I do, as opposed to other heartless um, Grinch-like beings. What did you think of the whole storyline? Did you feel like there was a little bit of a redemption uh, with Khalil as far as maybe some of the drama that certain people like to bring up from last season with his little uh, conversation and his um, his apologies to Jennifer? And did... Um, to the moment in which he get heated, did did that uh, cause you to question uh, their relationship? Yeah, it did. I've been, uh, you know, Khalil and Jen since uh, season one, episode one. I think uh, they're adorable together. Um, uh, I, I I really liked uh, Khalil before he became painkiller, um, and I've 
I've said that I'm, I'm hoping that if there is a redemption arc for Painkiller, uh, that it that it runs through Jennifer. I think that's the only way he can achieve redemption. But that scene where he got so heated with her, and uh, uh, and even though he took it back, I, I I wonder whether they're going the whole route of you know the sort of you know the cliche bad boyfriend who who sometimes treats her right, sometimes treats her badly. And, uh, you know, she she can't get away from him. I hope they're not going that route. I really hope not just for Khalil's sake, but for Jen's sake as well. Um, you know, she deserves better. And uh, I, I did not like that scene. Uh, I like that he realized his mistake, uh, that he got her the phone. But even doing that, it's like he's like the guy who's telling her, OK, you can call your family now. Who the hell are you to tell her? She can or can't do anything. So I did find that really problematic. Um, I don't think Jen finds it as problematic as someone a little older would. Like if he tried to pull that bullshit with Anissa or uh, Lynn or, you know, an older woman, um, they would have called him on it. But Jen is still young. She's still, you know, Khalil was her first love. And I think she's still seeing him through those romantic eyes. But yeah, I, I hate to to go over to the Dimitri side of things in anything, quite frankly. But um, in this case, I'm feeling a little more sketchy about Khalil than I did at the beginning, despite, you know, their, their sort of touching scene at the end where she, uh, uh, where she, uh, you know, deactivates the thing and they have a nice kiss. I just don't feel as good about Khalil as I did prior to this episode. Wow. Dimitri, you were able to lure the professor to your side. Damn At least for you. this episode. I'm, I'm, I'm glad potential domestic violence is an established. Oh my I'm, I'm, I'm glad we could all agree that you ain't oh shit if you do gosh. that. I, I was starting to worry about you too, but uh, Professor, welcome, welcome to the side of non-abusers. Um, he did I, not domestic violence size yet, so don't, um, don't uh, drag his name into the dirt. But I, I, I do have opinions on this as well. That might surprise you, Dimitri. Okay, well, I will bring up a potential point of sympathy for Khalil. Is he potentially losing his mind? Oh. We don't know what was done to him, but even he can't fully explain what came over him. He was like, I don't I just snapped at, you know, I, you know, we've seen that Tobias's uh, medical treatment uh, consistently has side effects, and is is Khalil the same person? Is is he gonna struggle with his sanity a little bit? Um, you know, I, I think he wasn't shit before, but maybe he extra ain't shit now because of the treatment. I, I don't think it, it clearly wasn't just uh, repairing his spine, and we don't know exactly what was done to him. I like that, and I think the professor. It's not just the physical. Let's not forget the uh, the psychological torment that Tobias is putting through. Uh, and, you know, we saw that in the previous episode when he did stamp Tobias and got beaten down. Uh, and it was reiterated in here. So I think we're going to find there is that sense of, uh, uh, well, I said, you know, uh, last episode, I think it was that, you know, he's almost like, you know, the dangerous dog that Tobias is keeping beaten down as a way of keeping under control. And I'm wondering whether that's, uh, you know, something that's affecting Tobias as well. Or sorry, uh, affecting Khalil as well. Very interesting. I like it. Uh, I did not like the moment uh, where he got heated with Jennifer because I love me some Jennifer and uh, I also am against domestic violence. I didn't think it was going to go that route, but it was uh, it was very intense. And uh, 
I did like his apology because he realized something was wrong. I wonder if they are going to go that route because I feel like uh, what Dimitri just stated it is a, a really rich storyline potential there with uh, with that. And um, I, I think that could explain that away. Uh, I did like their tender moments, though, which um, kind of sucked me back into uh, them being together. But abusers um, do. Oh my gosh, but um, but I do have my eye on Khalil because I want Jennifer to be in a healthy relationship. Although he does know too much, he you know about the powers and whatnot. So uh, I I hope they don't take him down a dark path, and uh, I hope that they prove. Uh, Dimitri wrong with that, but they, I hope that they prove you right with that. Maybe not everything is uh, right up in his brain. So, okay, what is left? Uh, well, we do have we do have the Tobias reveal. So let's talk about that right now. So at the tail end of the episode, Cutter is uh, reporting back to Tobias, basically saying, "I don't got him." But he has been cut, because I'm Cutter, and uh, he won't be able to get too far away. So I will get him. And uh, she was like, you know, you could have warned me. You know, I wasn't expecting metahumans to be there. He's like, metas. And she's like, yeah, Black Lightning and Thunder, they were there. And then his wheels start turning. And I feel like we saw the wheels turn, like right at the moment that they, they started. And he's like... Oh, no, wait, no, no. He was like, first he was like, why would Black Lightning want Khalil? And then he was like, oh, the Pierce girl. So the Pierce girl again. Like, it was the Pierce girl at the hotel. It was the Pierce girl over there. And now it's the Pierce girl again. Hmm. And that's where we left it. But it was a good hmm. So Dimitri... Has he figured it out? Is he figuring it out? Will he be figuring it out soon? What's going on with uh, Tobias? Does he know the secret? Uh, it, it seems like he's pretty close to finding out the secret, but it almost seems unfair to the Pierces. I get that they wanted to move the plot along, but isn't it totally, uh, totally believable that Black Lightning, who blatantly wants to take Tobias down, would go after his right-hand man like... Isn't that what any what any like crime fighter would do? It's like, oh, I can't get to Tobias right now. Let me, you know, see if this kid has dirt on him. I can use to lock his ass back up or something. Like he's like, what? What could Black Lightning want with Khalil? It's like he hates your guts. You became famous supposedly for killing him. Like he might just want to take your ass down. But um, obviously, it's it's going a different route, and they're. Uh, they're sort of leaning Tobias closer to, to figuring out who Black Lightning is, which I think will not bode well. Uh, one thing I did want to mention with regard to Cutter, where she said he's cut. Are those knives drugged, do we think? is Has Khalil maybe been poisoned just by virtue of getting hit with a knife? Oh, that's interesting. I did find well, it weird. Because... Possibility. Let me give yeah. a shout out. That was me. Well, no, because the cut didn't look... It just looked like you know, she just not necessarily nicked him because it did look like a, a big cut, but it didn't look like a deep cut. So when he got cut, like I didn't really, um, I didn't really make much of it, but he did seem to be getting like worse throughout the episode. So 
could it be drugged or was it much more of a deep cut than it appeared to be maybe facts yeah it was on his side um what's there like the kidneys yeah but uh, it wasn't like a stab i don't think it could have reached his kidneys uh, and and your kidneys are connected to some very sensitive nerve endings. I think you would have screamed out in pain if that had hit there. Uh, but I I was intrigued by the possibility that they were drugged. And when she said, I cut him, he, it won't be long. Maybe he's going to like pass out or something soon. Maybe. Professor X, what about you? What did you think of, uh, or what do you think of this uh, potential revelation that Tobias might know who Black Lightning is? Do you think it's too soon? Uh, well, I find myself uh, having to say the uh, the four least pleasant words in the English language. I agree with Dimitri uh, on both points, so it gets even worse. Oh, um, no. As far as Cutter, yeah, I was convinced that when Cutter said, I've cut him, it won't be long. Uh, it meant that, you know, that her blades were laced with something. And also, I think that, uh, you know, Khalil was playing that, you know, when they saw them in the woods. I think he was definitely playing that, you know, he was uh, he was suffering the effects of it uh, more than just the fight. Uh, would have entailed so i think yeah next episode we'll see that you know he is drugged and dealing with the consequences of that um as for the tobias yeah no i think Dimitri's right in that you know um he did make he seems to be making what would be the correct leap but yeah i think he's right there's absolutely no reason that he had to make that jump which is that yeah if you've lost your right hand man who knows everything about your business which by the way is what he said earlier in the episode of course black lightning is going to be going after khalil uh to to save him from tobias and use him you know against uh tobias so um that's uh equally good but that said uh you know um the clues are there you know and if tobias is smart you know because they have had you know the history of you know when black lightning has appeared whether it was at uh, the hotel or the motel uh whether it was at school um you know he's putting the pieces together now does this mean he knows jefferson is black lightning does he suspect that black lightning knows the pierce family i don't know but uh yeah you could definitely see him putting the pieces together and um uh, and, and didn't Henderson make a similar uh, thing when he found out Black Lightning uh, was Jefferson? Didn't Henderson sort of put the pieces together in retrospect? Yeah, and consistently mentioning the girls and Garfield. Exactly. And and so it does make sense that, you know, and from the point of view of, you know, uh, you know Black Lightning is a hero trying to protect his identity, the problem is that conflicts with Jefferson's desire to protect his daughter. So he's putting himself in a situation where the things he does... Uh, you know, make it easier for someone to figure out who he is. So, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. Now, that said, if Tobias does figure out who Black Lightning actually is, um, that's going to be really interesting. Um, and, you know, next season, next next season, next week is the mid-season finale. So if we get the reveal that Tobias has figured it out, that could be setting up a really, really interesting second half of the season. I can agree with that. And, uh... I think I, I guess I'm going to agree with Dimitri too, which leaves a bad taste in my mouth. But I don't like it. I feel like it's too soon. It's like it's it's season two halfway through it. And I just I don't like that idea because I would say if Tobias knows they're going to have to kill off Tobias. Like I just I, I don't see how the series can work with it unless, you know, he wants to blackmail Black Lightning or. But I, I, I think Jefferson would just come out uh, as uh, Black Lightning, and then we'll have an Or out. unless Tobias becomes mayor, 
Okay, I do like Imagine the idea. Imagine if Tobias yeah. does become a public figure who's, you know, insulated from attack from Black Lightning because of that. And imagine the stress that would cause for Jefferson. Imagine the sad faces it would cause for Lynn. Oh my gosh. Well, a, a lot of sad faces for Lynn. Uh, so that could be interesting. I, I just worry that it might be too soon. Um, yeah. I guess we're going to have to wait and see. Um, Alright, we covered it all. So now it is time for the MVP, the most valuable player. Which character impressed you the most and why? The rules are simple. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. And if someone has already mentioned the character that you were going to choose, you must select a different one. No repeats. Um, even though you dabbled with uh, forming some sort of alliance with Dimitri, Professor X, you may go first. Um, much as I would love to choose Khalil just to piss off Dimitri, although Dimitri could, you know, uh, uh, pull a surprise on me and, and choose that. I'm going to choose Tobias. Um, I just think it's it's really interesting, that scene with his sister's portrait and then, uh, you know, what he said to Cutter later, I thought was really interesting. Um, his scene with, uh, with Khalil's mom was incredibly strong and, and intense and scary. Uh, and then that final scene where he seems to be putting the pieces together. Um, you know, uh, Tobias was just really, really good in this episode. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I really, uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're doing with him going forward. And let's not forget, much to a certain person's chagrin, um, Khalil's mom was a bad bitch. Dimitri? Facts. Okay, oh, you now say facts. Okay, good. Well, you're a bad bitch, so, um... In, Rude. In either uh, in either interpretation. <laughs> oh, who's your MVP? Rude, Jeffrey. Um, I I guess we're gonna continue the trend of going with baddies, even though I rad, rarely do that. Uh, but Cutta Cutta takes the cake. This one, she was such a badass. Both, and it is rare you see this with portrayal of villains, especially henchman type villains. You usually see someone who's physically intimidating. Or someone who's, uh, you know, verbally and, like, they're socially very charismatic. Cutter had great sides of both. Um, she she makes such an entrance. It's interesting to see her dynamic with Tobias because she's someone who works for him, who isn't afraid of him. She's, she's completing this job because she's a professional who completes a job. She doesn't seem worried that, oh, if I don't do this, Tobias will kill me or something like that. And she might be the first person working for Tobias who hasn't had that fear. Those fight scenes again were amazing. Uh you know, she's she's sort of uh I think someone on Twitter called her Lady Bullseye. Uh she definitely seems very bullseye esque, but her fighting style is very fun. It's very you know, it's it's very intimidating to watch, but it's it's very fun to watch. It's it's not guns, it's not, you know, Tobias like crushing people. It's, you know, it's very dynamic. Uh, it leads to some great fight scenes as we're following people trying to dodge her knives and stuff. So, yeah, great, great entrance. And I, I am also glad that she will be recurring. I like it. You did It's take interesting, mine. the Lady Bullseye comparison, because when she's throwing knives to, like, incapacitate someone, she has pinpoint accuracy. But every time she threw a knife that could have killed someone, she missed. Did she though? Uh, she seemed uh, to. She seemed to purposely pin people to walls and stuff. She she was throwing knives at other people and uh, and, and never once hit. 
She she was pinning people down by their clothes, but we never saw a knife that she threw actually hit someone, I don't think. Hmm, interesting. But you did take my choice, uh, Dimitri, so hashtag rude. But it frees up a character that um, <laughs> apparently uh, made some people sad, but I, I just loved seeing her emote i'm gonna give it to lynn christine adams uh just sold it for Ooh, me you suck oh my gosh i have to give her yeah, the mvp if she's got you know good sad face man just like that from her being downstairs with with the glass to like upstairs and just like getting the chance to act the fuck out of it like oh my god like she was just incredibly powerful with her emotions I get it. We want to see her happy. But man, does she know how to be sad. And I was sad for her. Like, she needed a hug. Like, I wanted to hug her. Like, I just, I felt every single drop of emotion that she was delivering in that sequence. And she might not have been in the episode a lot, but man, did she, you know, make an impression, at least for me, with um, that, uh, those two back-to-back, or that sequence, I should say. You're an enabler. Somewhere in the Black <laughs> black Lightning writer's room, they're going, oh, give them more sad Lynn. That's what they love. They like it. They really like it. People get stressed out, sir. You are rude. Aw. Let her emote. Uh, but I do want to see her happy. So uh, if, if they are listening, I will put once. it out there. Yeah, let her smile more than once in an episode. Um, and more than just like the half smile. So now it is time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 electrical bolts? The point system is allowed, and if you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may grant it the coveted electrical force field. Dimitri, you may go first. You are a hater sometimes, but now you may um, set the tone. How would you rate this episode? Great movement, um, great acting by everybody, even Lynn, who did not get a lot of screen time, as you said, you know, great job by Christine Adams. I, some, it, it wasn't, uh, nothing happened that was so earth shattering that, like, I want to remember it forever. That's the only reason I'm not giving it a force field, but I'm going to give it a 10. It's a great, great episode. I was, like, on the edge of my seat the whole time. Dimitri? Starting off with a strong 10. Professor X, will you say those four words again? Or will you go your own way? How would you rate this episode? I hate to, I hate myself for saying this, but I agree with Dimitri, yeah. Uh, 10 out of 10. It, it wasn't quite force field worthy, but it was really good. Those two fight scenes were fantastic. Um, uh, the introduction of Cutter, who I think is a really interesting character, and I really want to see more of her. She's uh, an incredibly strong, charismatic uh, figure. And if they are setting up that Tobias has figured out uh, Jefferson's secret identity, uh, that's going to have huge consequences. But the only thing that stops it from being electrical force field was, of course, sad Lynn. Aw, poor Lynn. And you know what? It's three for three. I'm going to give it a solid 10 as well. Uh, there is something that's sort of holding me back from giving it the electrical force field. Uh, a part of me just, you know, would give it because of like what we had to deal with in South Freeland and how that um, that arc really did detour a, a little bit. Uh, the momentum that the uh, series had uh, 
you know, with the season premiere. But uh, but something is holding me back from doing it. So I will give it a solid 10 as well. It was a fantastic episode, a return to form, a really strong storyline throughout, great acting, uh, great little character moments, and uh, two awesome, although one slightly more awesome uh, fight sequences uh man they did a really great job with it and uh you know we left it with a a little bit of a cliffhanger so we know that this uh, storyline is not over just yet but uh man they did a great job with it so a solid 10 for me so three tens all around uh, so uh, on that note join us next time for a brand new installment of the freeland gazette once again here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Freeland Gazette. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe dot com slash poppy chula radio are you interested in joining the poppy chula radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor email talent at poppy binge listen to your favorite poppy chula radio programs by visiting poppy slash archives you can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through apple podcasts and google play just search for the freeland gazette and subscribe Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night to everybody except Khalil. I agree with Dimitri. God, it feels so wrong. And yet it feels so right. Good night. (laughs) Night, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Freeland Gazette every Thursday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Papichula Radio Archives. Good night.